Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. Many Singaporeans are very, very interested in the auto culture in Singapore. Cows. Joining us now to give his take on the future of mobility across Singapore, Marcus Schuster, the managing director of Audi Singapore. Marcus, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Great to have you with us. Yeah, great to have you with us here. Everybody knows the Audi brand and and um, all the all the wonderful cars you have. Um, let's let's talk about. Look, I guess the big news has been the COE, right? You know, record pricing on COE, which of course you have nothing to do with uh, in terms of the pricing. But uh, how? What kind of impact is that having on on what you're seeing with with the uh, the cars that you know your customers and, and potential oh, yeah. customers? The, the, the topic of COE is always a huge topic in Singapore, right? Uh, very emotional topic, also. Hmm. Uh, I think at the moment uh, it actually shows that there's still a very strong demand for cars, and there's mm. there's a demand that has been panned up over over the pandemic, and people are still buying cars. So uh, it's it's a two edged sword for us. Uh, obviously, we'd yeah. be happy to have lower CUEs, yeah. um, but it also shows the demand. So so the it, it, it's a very robust market still. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about this off air, Marcus. That. Yes, very robust, um, but the demand seems to be there. And regardless of what happens to the COE numbers in the coming months and years, you still see the demand remaining constant and steady, particularly for a luxury yeah. car like yeah. Audi, I'm guessing. So, so what we've seen over the pandemic is that actually the demand for individual transport has mm. been going up. Right, mm. people were hesitant to take public transport, mm. and uh, this is also something we we still see. There, there is still a demand for uh, individual transport for owning cars in Singapore. Yeah, um, uh, th- there's a clear policy of uh, the government to keep the car park stable. That's mm. why the COE system is in place. Uh, what we see that, especially in uncertain times, people turn to very strong brands, and that's why actually also the share of premium cars, luxury bra- uh, cars in Singapore has. Has gone up uh, over the pandemic. Yeah, we've, we found over the years the, the, the topic of the COE has been much talked about and much debated, um, as has ERP and some of the other um, uh, methods that are put in place to to limit the, the amount of cars on the roads and yeah. certainly at certain times of day. Um, when you look at that system in Singapore versus uh, what some of our friends have to deal with in KL or Jakarta or Hong Kong. Or even and, London. Well, uh, just come yeah. London as well, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the system, while most of us don't necessarily like the extra costs that are added. It has actually led to a more drivable, a more um, uh, transportable uh, community mm. in Singapore than than some of our neighbors nearby, hasn't it? Not? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been, you can even look to, to Europe. I've been living in Germany for a long time, in Italy. And uh, also when you compare it to some other big cities, uh, you look at KL, Jakarta, um, you have an excellent infrastructure yeah. here in Singapore. And the infrastructure is right-sized to the amount of cars. So, mm. so you have a development of the car population and the infrastructure that goes hand in hand. And that's why uh, actually the traffic is just so fluid in Singapore. And uh, you don't have any actual traffic problems in Singapore. And uh, on the other hand, you also have to see that um, the the income that the government generates with the COE goes into new investments, into public infrastructure, also public transport. And uh, so so you have an excellent uh, infrastructure for individual traffic in Singapore, but you also have a really outstanding uh, public infrastructure for public transport. And this combination makes Singapore, I think, really outstanding Mm -hmm. in the world. 
yeah. and money that also comes, of course, from the taxes, from the sales yeah. of, uh, of high-end cars, luxury cars like yours at Audi. And as you mentioned there, the sales for luxury high-end cars, Audi and other brands, it does seem still quite robust you know, in Singapore. You, you know, you're there day after day. Why do you think that is? I think, as I said, I think in, in uncertain times, people tend to go to strong brands, right. brands they know, they, they know they can trust. And uh, plus mm. also, um, you have to consider Singapore got through the whole pandemic uh, really well. So there, there were support programs from the government. Mm. Um, the, the, the rebound that we see at the moment uh, is very big. A lot of companies coming into Singapore because they understood that Singapore is an excellent place to make business yeah. and a very reliable place to make business. And I think this is all, uh, th- those are all things that drive the demand for premium mobility. Mm. Also. So just to mm. add to that, that element of premium mobility, as you call it, do you think that there's an element of it being therefore recession-proof in a way or cost-of-living-proof in the sense that there'll always be a very small group of people that will always afford that kind of car regardless of COE price, regardless of ERP price, regardless of the state of the economy? You're always going to have that niche audience that will buy that car no matter what. Definitely, definitely. And, and Singapore is a very wealthy country compared yeah. to other countries. So, so I think the demand for uh, luxury, high-end products in general is very natural to Singapore. Yeah. Have you noticed any trends uh, in recent years as people are a little bit more cost-conscious and with products that last for many years beyond their 10-year COE? Yeah. Um, are, are you seeing more people tending to stay with their cars longer and or opting for the extra five years on the on the COE after yeah, 10 years? Question. Are you seeing any trends like that with, yeah, with Audi? Yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a point that we see at the moment in general in the market. Um, a lot of people holding on to their cars longer also because the COE is so high. Yeah. That obviously, on the other hand, leads to lower deregistration numbers. That's why also the, the COE quotas that are issued uh, mm. at the moment are so low. It's kind of a self-driving yeah. system there. I see. And, so and the more cars that are leaving the market, the, the more COEs are, which would bring the price down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm putting you on the spot a bit here, but is, is an element, I've, I've read pieces that it could be counterproductive in the sense that one of the reasons for COE is to maintain, maintain the numbers of cars on the road, but also try to lower carbon emissions where possible. Where, of course, newer cars generally tend to have a lower carbon emissions anyway because they're just designed better, they're more fuel efficient and so on. But we don't have as much of a higher turnover of cars because like mine and Glenn, I mean, my car is almost 15 years old. If I had the same car in a different country, I know my carbon footprint would be lower because it would be a newer model, newer brand and more fuel efficient. So is there an element where it's slightly counterproductive where if we continue to maintain older, less fuel-efficient cars on the road for longer, it becomes, as I say, more counterproductive. Yeah, I, I, think, I think this could be a factor. Um, the, I think our responsibility as, as producers of cars is then to have a really attractive offer of cars that convinces right. people that it's actually better to get a new car. Yeah. And, and I think especially right now, the development that we see with the EVs in the market, yeah. that is very promising because a lot of people coming into the showroom, even if they have older cars and actively asking for electric cars um, because they understand that this is the new technology and this is the future proof technology. And uh, I think with this, there is a lot of incentive there also to change to a new car. 
Yeah. What yeah. are you seeing in terms of, uh, of what you are offering in terms of hybrid and electron, uh, electric cars? I think the, the, the e-tron is the one that I've, yeah. I've seen recently, which yeah. is an unbelievable car. What's uh, an e-tron? Uh, well, why don't you tell us about your, yeah, so, what so, you're offering in the hybrid and electric space? Okay, so, so Audi has a very clear um, strategy in the way that we say uh, we go totally EV, so battery electric vehicles uh, at the so moment. Not a we, hybrid. Don't, we don't offer hybrid models okay. um, because uh, we, we think this is just a consequent uh, model to do. Right, yeah. and uh, currently we, we have the the e-tron, which is an SUV. We have the e-tron Sportback, which is a more sporty SUV, and we have the e-tron GT uh, in the market, which is a Gran Turismo model. And then we also have the high-end versions of that. So we have the RS e-tron GT, which is fully electric uh, from zero to one hundred in three point two seconds. <laughs> so so this is super sports car numbers that you see in an electric not car. Not to what? Not to 100 in 3.2. Wow. I'd need yeah. that in Senkan. If you really wanted to do something special, Marcus, what you would do is build your own lane between here and JB, right? Yeah. An Audi lane yeah. so that you could actually do that 3.2, you know. In, oh, we, in, we'd love to do that. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the show from the car. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think, I mean, something we do for our customers in, in our My Audi World customer program mm -hmm. is uh, that we do driveaways and we also do track days, for example, yeah, when sure. we go uh, to Sepang or to <laughs> some other race circuits where people Brilliant. can actually drive the full potential yeah. of the cars. And, and so in terms of your electric vehicle stable, is, has there been any announcement by Audi to go fully electric uh, yeah. through all cars? What, yeah. what does that policy look like? Okay, so uh, Audi will um, eventually completely phase out internal combustion engine wow. cars. Fantastic. Our last um, product launch um, that is internal combustion engine will be in 2025 and then 2026 onwards, all the new launches of cars will be fully electric. Wow. And we actually plan to phase out uh, internal combustion engine cars from our product line uh, until the beginning of the 2030s. Wow. So, so very, very clear uh, strategy there. Uh, which I'm, I'm very happy about because it, it gives us a very clear guideline yeah. and it also shows uh, the public and the consumers that we have a very strong commitment to a really sustainable uh, mobility future. Brilliant. Yeah. Go on. I was going to uh, say, uh, you're the first yeah. person I can ask this question to. As, as Glenn knows, I recently returned to England for the first time in four years to visit family. I was shocked at the transformation, how rapid yeah. it has been towards electric cars. I was genuinely shocked and slightly embarrassed living in Singapore. I have to say this. Yeah. My sister has an electric car. My brother has an electric right. car. There are electric chargers everywhere mm. in shopping centers, in public car parks, in, in uh, service stations, and so on and so on. And then you come back here and I'm driving this 15-year-old car that still has a CD player because it's the only car I can afford and there's not many charging stations in Singapore. Mm. And then you think, Marcus, surely Singapore could switch from a logistical point of view yeah. easily. Yeah. Charges in every HDB and condo car park, service stations, and you're almost done because we never drive more than 30, 40 kilometers right. at any one right. time anyway. So the question to you, and I'm putting you on the spot again, are we switching to EV cars fast enough and, and what more do we need to do in Singapore? Okay, I think Singapore started pretty late with this mm. uh, development. Yeah. Um, but 
Um, as many things in, in Singapore, once the government decides that they want to commit to a certain uh, direction, mm. then uh, there is a very fast pickup of, mm. of, of this. And uh, we, we've seen this with the introduction of, uh, of the incentives and tax incentives uh, for EVs uh, in 2022, that since then, the demand for electric cars has really gone through the roof. Really? And... and, uh, and Singapore is the perfect place for electric cars, as, as you said. Yeah. People drive 30 kilometers per day. So in one week, you drive less than you have in one charge. So, yeah, so exactly. actually also the infrastructure and yeah. uh, problems that you have in other markets where you have range anxiety, it's something you don't have in Singapore. Yeah. So um, And at, at the moment, um, we, we see an increasing number of charging stations also. Uh, we, we believe that we as a supplier we have a responsibility there also so so we have our own audi destination charging network that we are extending mm. right now um where we want to offer um destination charging solutions for our customers in places where they would go to anyways so right. so we have one charger at orchard gateway uh, we have chargers at our service uh, point in ubi and our dealership uh, at uh, Alexandra Road, mm. and uh, we will be extending this uh, Audi charging network uh, over the next months and years. Awesome. We're talking with Marcus Schuster, Managing Director of Audi Singapore. And uh, I had a, a chat with uh, Rudy, your marketing yeah. uh, guy, the other day, and, and he was mentioning you know, the range three, easily three to 400 kilometers yeah. on a charge, yeah. and this universal charger uh, charging adapter, right, that's uh, ubiquitous right. around Singapore, yeah. seems like, uh, again, the, the relatively small amount that everybody drives here, everybody should be in an electric vehicle. Of course. Like, there's no reason not to be, right, for yeah, Singapore. Actually, to, to be honest, yeah. just considering the range, there, yeah. there is no reason. Um, what, what we feel is, and, and what we see with many customers uh, who are coming into the dealership, it's, it's a lot about also educating and informing um, the potential customers for EVs and taking away that psychological block that it could be a problem for them because for most of the people it's no problem most of them will yeah. actually find a, a charging station close to where they work mm. for example or when they go to a mall so so it shouldn't be a big problem. Well, uh, Ian has actually anticipated what was going to be my next question, which is, thank you for sending it in, Ian, which is, with the boom of EVs and exponential growth as demand grows, has Audi and other EV car manufacturers considered, his words, the doomsday impact of batteries? You know, we've read stories yep. about batteries, battery waste potentially being dumped 10 or 20 years' time whenever. Uh, because I have read stories about the carbon emissions of battery production right. and, and this kind of thing. So what are we looking at with that with, in terms of battery production, carbon footprint and, how, and their shelf life, basically? Yeah. How long yeah. do they last? It's an, it's an excellent question because if you look at the whole impact, uh, CO2 impact of a car, it doesn't start when you start driving Correct, the car, of course, but yeah. it starts in the production. Yep. So, so what we are looking at at Audi is to, to look at the whole value chain and that starts with the production of the batteries uh, which is still is, is energy intensive yep um, but uh, for example our um, plant that we have in uh, in Brussels where we produce the e-tron that is already co2 neutral hmm. um, at the moment and regarding the topic of battery recycling um, it's a huge economic factor also for uh, for car manufacturers because the all the 
um, the materials that go into producing batteries, and they're very expensive. Yes. Yeah. So, so the OEMs, we have uh, our own interest actually at recycling this, and and there are uh, already recycling um, and reusing or, or re um, re how do you say that reutilizing um, concepts for batteries. So what you can do is, one thing is you can recycle the batteries, you get all the prime materials out and you use them for new batteries. Um, there are also other solutions where you use batteries, for example, as a backup um, storage um, for electricity. So if you have uh, solar cells in your house, you might be able to use batteries that were applied in a car before just to use that uh, because to, it's to a store lower that intensity of use to store that energy yeah well, that's you know and i've and i've read a couple of articles in in recent months about just the understanding from the scientific point of view of how to recycle uh, how to make batteries more efficiently but also how to recycle them more efficiently yeah. is growing with every year that there are more of these in the market absolutely um, you know yeah. and, and so the, we don't know now we don't know what we're not yeah. going to know in the future, right? Uh, because it's in your financial interest to make it, it as efficient it, as you possibly exactly, can. Exactly, exactly. Right? And yeah. it's also a topic of uh, of getting more and more independent for the OEMs um, from the suppliers of the batteries, right? Mm -hmm. If if we are able to um, build batteries ourselves, recycle the batteries ourselves, uh, we get more independent. And uh, yeah. especially through the pandemic, uh, we've seen the chip shortage, we've seen um, yeah. there is is a strong push in the whole industry to to make those whole production processes more robust and right. more independent. Interesting. You mentioned uh, incentives to switch to EVs yeah. in Singapore. Are there any more you would like to see or, or you envisage in the future? I mean, I'll give you an example. When I was with my sister in London, yeah. there are congestion charges in London, which right. are based on the ELP, yeah. by the way. Uh, yeah. The ELP. Or the ERP is based yeah. on that. On London, no, it's the ELP. London's is based on the ELP. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. I, right. And... Oh. Uh, so they have ERP equivalent congestion charges in London. She doesn't have to pay them because yeah. she has an electric vehicle. She oh. can drive in theory anywhere she likes in any place in the UK that has congestion charges and she doesn't have to pay because yeah. she is not emitting any carbon from her right. car. Right. Are there things like that in the long term that you would like to see in Singapore, further incentives to switch? Yeah, I think it's something we, we've seen in Europe and in other markets that um, the incentives really trigger um, the, the a strong development towards EV. Mm -hmm. so, so the more incentives and the more um, targeted the incentives are, yeah. um, the, the bigger is the impact and the faster is development of, of EV adoption in mm -hmm. the market. So, mm -hmm. so we are happy to see something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think also a very, very important role plays the, in the um, investment into uh, charging infrastructure. Yes. And I think there is a very clear uh, plan there with the, the green plan from, from the government here in Singapore and uh, also the, the smart mobility plan yeah. to, to implement these chargers. And uh, that is, from our point of view, at the moment, the biggest concern that people still have. Yeah, right. We're talking with Marcus Schuster, the MD of Audi Singapore. Uh, and Marcus, uh, just to kind of to round out this conversation, let's, let's look to the future. Let's talk about the future of mobility in Singapore. Yeah. The government wants to go to a car light culture. Right. How do we achieve that? How do you as a, as a brand head uh, who's in, who wants to sell cars, how do you look at yeah. that future 
uh, of a car light society in in Singapore. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, for car manufacturers. Uh, it's a very interesting question because we we have to shift our paradigms. We have to shift. Um, the way we think about making business, be, mm. and we have to become from car providers to mobility providers, mm. and uh, so so we actually we we embrace this development that we have in Singapore. Uh, what what we see and what we believe in the future, we will provide more mobility solutions than just selling cars. So yeah. so we like? so so at the moment, for example, we already have a program which is called Audi on Demand, where also people who don't want to buy a car or don't can't afford to buy a car still have the possibility to drive an Audi uh, for one hour, two hours, and up to several months that they can just hmm. rent the car. Now that's a fantastic idea. That so in theory, a family wedding or Chinese New Year period or Harry right. Raya. Yeah, you got relatives coming into town. Right. In and out, in and yeah. out. That, so you could do yeah. it. For, that's, that's the future. That's yeah. a terrific yeah. idea. Because in, in, a, in a country where you have such a great public transport infrastructure yeah. also, you might not always need a car, but there are certain instances Absolutely. where you want to have the car and then we should be able to provide that and then we should be also be providing really premium luxury uh, experience with that. That's a, a great, great idea. Great well, Glenn and I have to get up for this show early every Saturday. So <laughs> yeah. if you could give us one from, say, what do you think, 8 to 12? 8 to 12 would be, yeah. yeah. 8 to 1. Let's just call it yeah, 8, 8 to, one. to 1. Okay, <laughs> just to drop us off and pick us up. We're, we're up for that. Yeah. Well, Audi on demand's well. there and for you. We want a driver as well. Yeah, absolutely. Don't trust me with an Audi. No, heavens uh, no. Great conversation. Brilliant. Marcus Schuster, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, appreciate your time today. And uh, we'll be looking out for for the uh, the rings, the the logo on on the on the hood of your cars uh, around town, as we say, especially those electric vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Thanks All so right, much. thanks so much for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.